Wait, who's yours, Joe? Oh my goodness, you'll never guess. <laughs> what? <laughs> Poopa. <laughs> Gosh dang it. I did it again. I, I opened right up for it. Uh. Well, I mean, I, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, again, if anyone has a grandpa, they actually call Poopa. They're so mad at us right now. everyone and welcome to Parks and Rewatch. I'm your host Joe and I'm Joy. And today we are diving into season 2, episode 16, Galentine's Day. Ba, ba, ba. Joy, you've been excited for Galentine's Day, right? Yes, I love the Galentine's episode. Yeah, how how long have you been waiting for Galentine's Day? For my whole life. So in today's episode, Leslie and Justin reunite her mother with an old flame for Valentine's Day. Andy's band is nervous about playing a gig at the Senior Center. Is it Andy's band, though, or is it Andy? Yeah, I think it's it's more so just Andy. Well, he overcomes it. Proud of you, dude. Yes. In today's episode, Behind the Scenes and Trivia, we have a few facts from IMDb to start things off. Yes. Uh, two facts from IMDb and then two facts that I'm very proud of that were not in any of the research I did, but were just things I noticed. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, I felt sharp today. Proud of you. So proud of you. starting off with our IMDb facts, the first one is that during this episode, Tom sues Wendy for alimony in order to blackmail her into dating him. That's quite a sentence. Uh, it's just a bad idea. <laughs> However, Indiana isn't an alimony state. It doesn't Whoa. exist as a divorce option in that state. Fascinating. And then... I'm very happy about this IMDb fact. This episode is the final appearance of Justin Anderson. Yes. Bye. Uh, bye. So excited to say goodbye to that. Oh, gosh. Fellow. Get out. Okay. So this is the first fact that I spotted on my own. And I'm probably the most proud of this one because it was so sneaky and small and quick. I've never noticed this before and I can't believe I noticed it and my brain instantly connected yes. to what it was because it's kind of one of those like from the depths of the past. I'm so things. excited. But in the scene where he is attempting to woo Wendy with the champagne and the rose, Tom appears to be playing the song that he's playing in Windows Media Player 9. The oh one that gosh. had all those fancy video visualizations <gasps> that I would respond that. to the music. And I looked it up on YouTube and I found somebody who had posted a video of just little clips of each one of those video visualizations and confirmed that that is in fact the visualization that Tom is on Tom's monitor. That is amazing. Uh, yeah, and I, I linked the YouTube video in the show notes. Uh, you linked it? I know. I've I, We're this far into the show notes and I've hyperlinked three things already. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I don't even know who I am anymore. Well, uh, <laughs> go with it. You're wearing a fish shirt, so I'd say yeah. go with it. Those two <laughs> things are linked. So uh, if you want to have a little trip down memory lane and you're a patron of ours, you can check out the show notes for this week's episode and see all those video visualizations that if you're anything like me, you spent way too much time trying to pick which one was oh your gosh. favorite. And, uh, you know, which one kind of like defined you and your yes. mood while you were listening to music. Yes, absolutely. Being very mesmerized by how the blue like electricity one responded mm -hmm. to Breaking Benjamin. I mean, it's cool. It's cool. We're fine. <laughs> we're fine. And then my final fact is that this episode introduces us to Dennis Feinstein oh. very sneakily. And it almost slipped by me uh, because it's one of those things where you it almost makes you think he's already been introduced. But I had a mm. moment where I was like, wait a minute, because Mark gives Anne a bottle of yearning by Dennis Feinstein as part of his Valentine's Day presents, which mm. also starts the hilarious storyline that all Dennis's fragrances are terrible. Which uh, is true. When, 
when Anne smells it and reacts by saying, oh, Dennis, no, no, Dennis. <laughs> I love that line so much. I know. She just and goes in with so much hope and then yep. she's like, oh, Dennis, uh-huh. no, Dennis. <laughs> and so that kind of made me pause for a minute because it's such a it's such a, a drive-by reference that it it's almost like Dennis already exists in the show and we've already been introduced to him, but I double-checked it, and we have not. This is the first mention of Dennis Feinstein in the show. I'm very excited about this next segment. I titled it Unnecessarily Necessary Deep Dives, which just made me happy because I like words. (laughs) I like words. I'm very excited for this first one because... It's something that I had always just sort of had maybe a little bit of tangential knowledge of and always a little bit of curiosity, but never enough to to go there and discover it on my own. So I guess that's me saying, like, I'm excited that you've once again come through for my laziness and researched yes. something that I didn't just I didn't have it in me to research. Okay, so the Lilith Fair was a concert tour and traveling music festival that happened from 97 to 99 and made a mixed result comeback in 2010. (laughs) Mixed result comeback. That's all I chose to put in there about that. There was was a lot more of a story behind that. That's tough. Yeah. It was founded by Canadian musician Sarah McLaughlin, Net Twerk, music groups, Dan Frazier. I just, I can't. (laughs) I can't get over the fact that it's called <laughs> Net Twerk. And you know it was named that before twerking was a thing. Oh, it's horrible. So unfortunate. And Terry McBride and New York talent agent Marty Diamond. I almost just wanted to say McDiamond. It <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever. Um, in the initial years, Lilith Fair raised over $10 million for charity. Wow. So the thing I found interesting is that Lilith Fair is right up Leslie's alley. Sarah McLaughlin started it because concert promoters and radio stations refused to feature two female musicians in a row. It was named Lilith from the Jewish lore that Lilith was the first woman who refused to be subservient to Adam. I did not go down that rabbit hole of figuring <laughs> that one out. I just stopped there. The next unnecessary, necessary deep dive was um, Tom made a very fleeting reference to Armand de Brignac. Did I say that right? I don't know. I have no idea, so... Well, it's also known by... Let's just pronounce it differently every time. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) One of them will be right, probably. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's also known as the Ace of Spades. Um, And I'm actually personally just disappointed in their bottle design because it's opaque. Like... Uh I mean, yes, it's a matte finish all the way around, and that's kind of cool, but personally, I just like to see the liquid inside. Yeah, sure. So, according to VinePair.com, a bottle of Armand de Brignac will run you a cool $300, and that's just in a retail store. Be prepared to drop a few more Benjamins during a bubbly night out with friends. In 2011, a 15-liter bottle of the champagne was purchased for a Dallas Mavericks championship celebration, and it cost a whopping $90,000. Yikes. Holy moly. I don't know how that makes you feel. That just makes me hate rich people. <laughs> right. Do you know what I could do with $90,000? $90,000 for a bottle of champagne for a basketball celebration for the Dallas Mavericks. Do you know how many Come people on. we could help with $90,000? Oh, it's Gosh. ridiculous. Like, get brute. Get brute from this from the grocery store because you know like that just to me i'm interpreting that as you got it to be the bottle that you like shake and spray everywhere and that's a waste seems like a big flex but it's disgusting yeah it totally is and like i (laughs) for some like i just think that i'm so far from the orbit of like being able to understand the mindset of somebody who would go, yeah, this is this is normal. We need to do this, which makes me way closer to people who toast with Coca-Cola. So you win Coca-Cola toasting Full people. Full circle. <laughs> so Tom poured the champagne back into the bottle. No, that's just not classy. Um, and yeah. he poured it back into the bottle and it was a pink bottle. So I looked up like what is what variety is the pink bottle? And it's the Brut Rosé variety of Armand, which with a gift box currently runs $450 online. And 
in the recording, they had like a close up of uh-huh. the of the champagne in the foreground while Tom was pouring it back in in the background. And there were no bubbles in it. So it's not real, fool. What do you think is the over under on they just got somebody to send them an empty bottle of the Armand de Brignac? Brignac. Uh, well, they probably they got just, it from Condé Nast. So. Yeah, from Condé Nast. <laughs> and they just and they just straight up put pink lemonade in it, like country time, gritty teeth pink That's, lemonade. That, it definitely was not country time pink. And it had to be something okay. that was clear. So I wouldn't be surprised. You, you sound very sure on the country time thing. I know, I'm the, interested in I know the tone of pink lemonade country time. I have made it way too many times in my life. See, I just remember that it's pink. I, I couldn't like if you gave me a pink lemonade lineup, I don't think I could pick country it's time. Like, it's like this color pink, though. OK, so you're saying it was a paler pink. Yes, it was a very subtle pink. OK, okay. it was like just slightly rosé toned apple juice. All right, so it's mentioned that Frank Beckerson lives in a little town called Bridgeport, Illinois, which is a real town, which I was excited about. So, of course, that led me to have to look up some fast facts about Bridgeport brought to you by Wikipedia. Um, So Bridgeport has a total area of 1.075 square miles, of which I just, it made me so happy and also irritated that they went to this level of degree. (laughs) of detail, um, of which 1.05 square miles is land and 0.025 square miles is water. And Bridgeport has a Facebook page. It says that it is the official city of Bridgeport, Illinois Facebook page, and official is in quotations, which feels rather (laughs) unnecessary and makes me think it is not actually official. (laughs) It's actually a very informational page, so I applaud them for that. Yet, the website listed for the town in the info bar links to Bridgeport, Connecticut's government town site. So, that's confusing. I sent them a message to make sure they knew. So, A, I never would have done that ever. B, I'm so fascinated to see if they get back to you and what sort of dialogue that might open up. Up next are lists. I found so many possible lists in today's episode that I'm very excited to share with you. So the first kicks off with items in the Galentine's Day gift bags. So Leslie kicks it off with a bouquet of crocheted flower pens. She like went by this so fast and I was like, hold Uh up. I love crocheting. I have crocheted my way into having a cyst on my wrist several times, which I named Fred. Um, Jeez. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, I once crocheted a large blanket out of t-shirts that I cut into strips and sewed the strips together to make quote-unquote yarn, and then I sewed it together with a huge hook, and I thought it was going to be a lovely blanket, and ended up just being like a 10-pound rug. (laughs) It's fine. I still have it. Um, so she said crocheted flower pens, and I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, I think it's time for research. So I looked up a video of how to crochet a flower pen and I did it. That I crocheted incredible. a flower. That you uh you deserve another medal, Colonel, for your commitment <laughs> to fact checking things in the show. That is that is commitment to the point that I have not yet seen. That is not incredible. necessarily you did try to take the rice out of the crunch bar. I, I'm sorry, I know you're trying to be nice, but I literally bought a crunch bar and spent two minutes poking it with different items you crocheted a flower on a pen Uh, there's there's no comparison here it's fine it's fine (laughs) Um, i actually really don't like this flower i would never (laughs) keep this flower i don't even know if the pen works but the proof of concept worked okay so here's my question should we then perhaps turn this into maybe like a patron prize oh gosh Sure, I'll ship somehow, it to you. Some, <laughs> somehow make this into something that a patron could potentially own. Yeah, you could be the patron saint of the crocheted flower pen. I think we should do that somehow. I think Not we should everybody can have a crocheted flower pen that I have made. No, that is very true. This is a very exclusive item. I really want to sew googly eyes on it because it kind of <laughs> looks like a person because the, the leaves are like... It's kind of sad, but... That would be pretty fantastic. So anyway, I did that to see how long would it actually take for Leslie to do that for, like, what, eight people at the table or whatever? Uh Uh-huh. Given her flowers weren't as complicated as the one that I did or big, 
It just doesn't seem practical. But yeah, we know Leslie's absolutely. not practical, so no. whatever. Um, she also had a mosaic of each of you made from the crushed bottles of your favorite diet soda. But, like, <laughs> in my head, <laughs> anytime I hear made from the crushed, I'm like, from the crushed hopes and dreams of your past. Like, <laughs> Which just, April probably would have appreciated more. Right. Just went real dark real fast. Um, and a personalized 5,000 word essay about why you all are so awesome. I feel so, like being friends with Leslie would just, I would always have the anxiety and the weight of having to come up with a better gift. Yeah, yeah. Which they actually explore uh, later on down the road when Ben is in the picture. Um, Anne and, and Ben go on that whole that whole thing. Um, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But I do want to stop here and, and say for a second, like, because we struggle a lot, I think, with Leslie as a character, especially dealing with how she's not actually a good friend, um, which I, I don't think, you know, I don't want to I don't want to one to one compare the heightened reality of TV shows to life, you know, too much. But at the same time, I feel like we kind of can't help but but do yeah. that. But a lot of these people in shows, you know, whether we're looking at Parks and Rec or we're looking at shows like New Girl, um, you know, shows that are built around friendship, essentially, as their as their foundation. All these people would be terrible friends in real life. That's totally valid. If they were good friends in real life, it probably wouldn't make for great television. And I understand that. But I do enjoy that this is here and that it's all Leslie's onus to to create and do this thing and she does everything for everybody else that feels like it balances out a little bit sort of the selfish bulldozer leslie that we've gotten in some of our recent episodes to where she's being selfless she's made this day to celebrate the women in her life so it doesn't feel quite as inauthentic when it talks about you know the strength of her friendship with Anne per se right yeah that's totally a good point and i'm glad you brought that up because I, I mean, I wish normal human friendships were good enough for TV, but I mean, there's not a whole lot of drama in a yeah. lot of my good friendships. So, yeah. According to Mark, these are cliche Valentine's Day gifts. Bears in bags, a giant teddy bear holding a red heart, a heart-shaped box of chocolates, a dozen roses in a heart-shaped arrangement, perfume, yearning by Dennis Feinstein, <laughs> again. Oh, Dennis. No, Dennis. <laughs> and the heart of the ocean which is a necklace of some sort. It's from the Titanic. Did you not know that? Nope. Okay, yeah. It, it's the. It's sort of the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like the red herring of the Titanic, almost. Um, yeah, it, or it's the MacGuffin. Uh, maybe that's the, the better term. Um, but yeah, it's this famous priceless diamond from the Titanic, which I think actually circles back a little bit to our conversation about jewels uh, and why it's cliche. It's just that assumption that all women just want massive jewels. Yeah, I don't want any of those <laughs> things in that list for Remember the record. Cessna, got to show up with the Cessna. And you got to have the ring box. The ring box from, from Offerman's Woodshop. Yep. yep. Um, things Leslie may call Frank. Dad, Pappy Pop, Poppy Papa, Poopa. <laughs> that list read in quick succession. <laughs> I don't, do not like. Let me see if I can do it faster. Ah! Dad, Pappy Pop, Poppy Papa, Poopa. <laughs> oh, I like it even less. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I can okay. do it more sing songing. Oh boy, here Dad, we go. Dad, Pappy Pop, Poppy Papa, Poopa. Like that. That wasn't worse, but it wasn't better. Let me see if I can do it to you and see if it makes you uncomfortable. Dad, Pappy Pop, Poppy, Papa Poopa. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> it feels like a Seuss thing. Maybe uh, let me put on my uh, rapper voice. Uh oh. Try like that. Dad, Pappy Pop, Poppy, Papa Poopa. <laughs> I love the ending. It's like you hit a speed bump and you're like, pop, pop, poop, paw. And you land at the end. So here, first, I'll ask you first. Um, do you know anyone, because uh, I know a lot of people uh, who have names that they call their, their grandfathers mm -hmm. that are on this list, um, like Pappy or Pop or Papa. Um have you ever heard of someone actually calling their grandfather Poopaw? 
No. I don't think that would be... Okay. I don't feel like that would be an accepted name anywhere. Like, what grandpa in the world would be like, yes, every time you say my name, please reference feces. And now we're back to the (laughs) Bristol stool chart. Like, what number is Poopa at that point? I don't know. (laughs) So I think we might want to put this one out there for the listeners then. Like, do you or do you know anyone who refers to their grandfather as Poopa? This is very important. We need to know this. It kind of feels like Poopa. Yeah, like a the bit. grand yeah. pooba, which is yeah. different. Yeah, but poopa just feels like you got poop on your hand. <laughs> How many more times can we say the word poopa? Uh, poopa. There's one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, poopa. I'm moving on. <clears throat> Locations of Frank's chalkboards. Did you notice how many chalkboards Frank had? I didn't. I didn't. Oh my gosh. When I finally thought I like got them all, I would see like two or three more. <laughs> infuriating and hilarious. So there's the big one that's over the fireplace and it has two things written on it. Check the gas before bed and keep looking for the parrot with a picture <laughs> of a parrot lying down on its back with his feet up. Oh my goodness. So many questions. Um, There are three on the fridge. So there's a bigger one on the right side of the fridge. That's the grocery list. It has peanut butter, pistachios, applesauce, beer, cookies, coffee, coffee. Why is coffee (laughs) listed twice? You know, so many things about Frank we don't know. Uh, Who knows? There's a small one next to that one that just says check expiration dates. Okay, smart. Yeah. Then the one on the left side of the fridge says find the parrot. (laughs) We got to find this parrot. Where is the parrot? (laughs) Unless it got eaten by Justin. Oh, I so, knew it. I knew we were going to. There it are is. We just, we there it just is. abuse parrots so much on this show. We could name the parrot Poopa and say that Justin oh! ate it. Justin <laughs> ate Poopa. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I hate and love that with equal amounts. <laughs> it's fine. Hoff brows. Hoff brows ate Poopa. <laughs> um, songs played at the bash. Let's call the whole thing off by Ella Fitzgerald. I only have eyes for you by the Flamingos. Your funny face by Ella Fitzgerald. The way you look tonight, Frank Sinatra. And I've got you under my skin by Frank Sinatra, which is a weird concept, <laughs> especially since I am in the middle of prepping a turkey for dinner tonight. And the recipe said, separate the skin from the turkey and spread butter underneath it. <laughs> so then now this turkey has butter under its skin. It's, <laughs> I just feel very uncomfortable. Maybe I should name the turkey poopaw. I was just I was just thinking that we're eating poop off for dinner tonight. (laughs) Now, if if somebody, especially if they're younger, has an actual poop off that's a grandpa, they're Uh just traumatized now. Uh Oh, I'm sorry. We're we're eating poop off for dinner. (laughs) I mean, I did mean it, and I also didn't mean it, but (laughs) cool. All right, so quotables. Um, Leslie, what's Valentine's Day? Only the best day of the year. Every February 13th, my lady friends and I leave our husbands and our boyfriends at home and we just come and kick it breakfast style. Ladies celebrating ladies. It's like little affair minus the angst plus frittatas. <laughs> I don't really care about frittatas for the me record. Me neither. It just seems like lazy egg making to me. <laughs> Quote from Andy. My problem is I don't know how to tell if we're doing good. Because when you play a rock show, it's really easy to know if you're doing great. Because chicks, chicks will flash their boobs at you when you're up on stage. You're like, oh, that must have sounded pretty good. But I can't. Like, if, if that happens here, my eyes will fall out of my head and I'll die. <laughs> that escalated very quickly. Yeah. It's an interesting metric. Uh <laughs> As somebody who's in a country rock band and plays a lot of concerts, uh, this is categorically false. Uh, uh, thank you for proving that. <laughs> I mean, maybe at some places, if you're just talking about like massive acts that are not known for their like, you know, that are known for that sort of raucous behavior. Yeah, maybe at some. But Andy leads us to believe here that it's a common occurrence at like the small town garage band level. And that's just not the case. Um, well, be, typically, you know, when you have played a good show by people coming up to you after the show and saying, hey, that was awesome. I really liked it. Th- you know, I. Wow. That's such a normal human metric. Yeah, makes a lot more sense. Involves no nudity. (laughs) (laughs) And your eyes will stay in your head. Yeah, just positives all around. (laughs) 
Uh, I award that a crocheted flower on a bed. Oh. Uh. <laughs> All right. It's time to talk about our likes and our dislikes, where we talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. Joe, what do you got? So I have to preface this by saying I don't like Justin Hook Brows, the eater oh, of cockatoos. Man. But I do like Tom's Justin crush. It is very cute. <laughs> it's interesting that you find it cute because I find it extremely annoying. <laughs> Am I right, Justin? Oh, my gosh. No. Oh, man. Uh, I do love the scene in which Leslie's attempting to dunk on everyone about how bad they are at love, partially because it's so hypocritical. She's been not good at love up until this point. Uh, and also because Jerry gets a little bit of a win here. <laughs> and I like that through line that everyone just forgets and or ignores the fact that he's actually a very happy, fulfilled family man with a loving wife and beautiful daughters and and really his life outside of work is amazing it's true it's true <laughs> so I, I love that uh i don't know if you notice this or not but i love that april has a lollipop on her desk that says bite me what <laughs> and you see it in a jump cut as leslie is insulting her so I the camera cuts that immediately to april and there's just this big heart lollipop on her desk that says bite me <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I like Perfect. that. And I put this in all caps in the show notes. It's like April is so powerful. She doesn't even have to speak to insult people. She can make the environment do it for her. I That feels about right. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I just loved that. Loved that little detail. I also like that Andy is playing a Martin guitar in the first part of this episode, which is far superior to Taylor. Don't at me. I Although when they play at the senior center he's back on the takamini which again is a little bit confusing to me my my theory is that the martin doesn't have electronics so it doesn't have an input jack but mm -hmm. still you can just get sound hole pickups um so yeah well anyway here we, here we are i love the way that leslie pivots andy back into playing the old school songs she just says nothing and he's like great point <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She is kind of a wizard at that. And Andy yeah. does take things at face value. Yeah, she is. She And I feel like that's part of their their relationship is that Leslie's so good at speaking to him on his level. True. <laughs> it's just effortless for her. And I, I thought that was so funny. I love Andy flipping out on Kyle uh, like we just <laughs> talked about. <laughs> And then uh, I put here that I love, oh, I just love Ron's wisdom and his insight so much because in the scene where Leslie asks for the half day off in Ron's office, you can tell Ron instantly reads Justin and he instantly knows exactly what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You can just see it and it's, uh, it's magic. I love it. He's a good guy. I like Ron. <laughs> when, when, he's, when he decides to tell the truth. Yeah. It is, it is high quality. <laughs> and, uh, and then I like this next one a lot because I feel like Leslie being shown the inappropriate photo of her mother is a bit of a comeuppance for her being a little too into her mom's Valentine's Day story. Oh, fascinating. And I feel vindicated. I feel okay. vindicated okay. for okay. that. Okay. So, uh, and then I love April and Andy's cuteness is accelerating yeah that makes me so happy and then it's awful but i love frank's delivery of the line serious is a heart attack of which i've had four <laughs> <laughs> he does such a good job oh, he really of portraying does. a weird neurotic man yes yes a weird neurotic oh, man so, absolutely it's so believable i have three likes left they're all in all caps in the show notes. Oh, gosh. The first one is goodbye, Derek and Ben. Bye, Felicia. And then the second one is more Duke Silver mythology. <laughs> I just I love the mythicness and the secrecy that surrounds Duke yes. Silver. Yes. It's so funny. And I'm just so excited. Uh, mainly, I'm just excited for the recording uh the recording session on Leslie's campaign uh, when Ron has oh. April like smashing things and, and yes. running interference for it. Yes. It's, oh, 
Now it's I'm so excited funny. for that one. How long do I have I to know. wait? Oh, I don't forever? Know. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while yet. And then my final like is, again, all caps, goodbye, Justin. Bye. Justin. Take your, take your suits and get out. Justin Hookbrows, eater of cockatoos. It's been sort Painful. of... Yeah, but bye, but bye, but bye, but but bye now. <laughs> what did you like, Joy? I actually really like this episode, but there's like there's not a whole lot of specifics that came through. Yeah, I understand that. First thing I noticed that made me smile was in the office um, when Leslie's announcing everything mm-hmm. about the the dance. I don't know if you noticed. But in every shot that you see Jerry, his face is impeccably lit. I didn't know that. It was fascinating. I just kept pausing it and being like, his computer <laughs> screen must be intentionally a fill source for his face because it is on point. Interesting. He does tend to sit with his face very close to his monitor, so I could see that. That is true. Um, I love Andy's process in getting on board with playing the classics of the show. Mm-hmm. It. I know what it feels like to not want to do something and like oh, there's yeah. no choice but to do it. So all things considered, his process of actually getting on board was great. Oh, Proud yeah, of him. totally. And I just thought the whole time of the upcoming episode where Chris was the DJ and he yes. was just DJing the dirge the whole time. Yes. Yep. I was like, oh, we're off to a good start. Andy yeah. really kicked this off well. Yes, he did. I... I like Mark's efforts toward Anne. Like, he's super insecure, but yet sure, he's yeah. still trying. Yeah, and absolutely. That, that counts for a lot. Yeah, and he's engaging, like, he's engaging within his personality, too. Yes, so, totally. Yeah. I like the picture of Frank and Marlene when they were young. Um, yeah, I don't know if a you, nice touch. I don't know I if paused, you stopped yep, it. I paused. I did. I paused on hey. it. Hey! I was curious. And it was it was stamped with... Um, June of 68, which I thought was a great detail, yeah. whether they actually printed that picture themselves or whether right. they found a picture somewhere that could work. Either way, yeah. that was really good prop design. It was a very nice touch, yeah. I love April's sincerity when she goes up to the elderly couple. She doesn't affirm very much, but when she does, yeah, it's beautiful. Where she's like, oh, you're just, you're so cute. It's really nice. And then she walks Absolutely. away. Absolutely. And I love that she finally broke up with Ben and Derek. Ah, get out. B. Ugh. That's it. What did you not like, Joe? Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot in her. Tell me about it. Uh, we got time. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't bode well for the awarding of the little Sebastians, but here we go. Uh, there's a part of me that wants to try and understand Leslie's scale of romance movies from the notebook to saw five but mm. i think I'm, my brain is just too tired to enter the mind of leslie and try to unpack that so does anyone else think it's a little creepy that leslie is so into marlene's story when the physical heat to put it very mildly is so clearly a main plot point am i, I right justin <laughs> find it creepy i just like, i i challenge you to re-watch that scene and watch how leslie is looking okay and and repeating okay. the lines where she's like yeah i it's saw very it, charged i saw it though from a place of i've heard this story so many times it is a story of fame let me quote this with you yeah sure which i think is what they're going for but there's just something about it that makes me uncomfortable. Totally valid. She's she's just too into like some of those descriptions right. and stuff like that. I've never been into any of my parents' stories yeah. like that. Yeah. To to then turn around and be like, oh no, gross. Like, don't tell me that about my mom. It's like, well, you were so into it when she was telling it. And then that kind of leads me into uh this going to the senior dance and then this is going to sound cynical when it's mostly not. I put mostly in parentheses. Um, but, I, but I think it'll, it'll make sense. I, I have a hard time with the degree to which I think just we as a society romanticize the relationships of elderly people mm. and just elderly people themselves. Interesting. Uh, 
there's something that's just super off-putting to me about hearing like a college-age girl say he's so cute about an old man. Well, I mean, Mr. Fredrickson from Up is cute. That's the next thing I was going to say. Like, just that, you know, like, oh my goodness, like, he's so cute. Like, I get, you know, it's, it's, uh, is that Pixar? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Pixar movie, so everything's cute, you know, okay. obviously. Okay. Um, maybe it's just because I want to retain my dignity when I age, so I don't want people looking at me, especially if I'm grumpy, because let's face it, like, I'm going to be grumpy as an old man. Well. And it's just going to make me grumpier when people go, oh, he's so cute. Yes. That is patronizing <laughs> from that point. I see your perspective. The other part of it is having been married for nine years now and having been in ministry for the better part of a decade, I've learned that time by itself is not an indicator of a relationship being good. That's absolutely valid. Uh, just because a couple has technically stayed together for a long time does not mean that relationship has been happy or healthy. In fact, in many cases, I've seen it be totally contrary to mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um unfortunately i know elderly couples who are miserable they're still together but does that mean they even necessarily should be no yeah um you know it, it's tough it's it's really tough but i've seen a lot of misery in those older relationships so when people just blindly glorify them again i, I find it somewhat off-putting and i think the main reason for that comes from the fact that my parents uh, a pastor and his wife separated after 25 years of a marriage that looked great to everyone on the outside. Uh, so I think my whole point here is maybe let's stop idolizing old relationships and uplift healthy ones. This sounds like a be nice to somebody. Ooh, maybe it is. All maybe right. It is. And then my last dislike is the way that Justin says detail. He says it detail tells you everything you need to know about him as if you needed it by this point. I mean, he's on the way out, but still when he comes up to Marlene after he's basically initiated this train wreck of human sadness on Valentine's day and goes, tell me every last detail. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them has to take Frank back now. Yeah. Right. That must be a miserable ride. Such an awkward car ride. I hope she made Justin do it. I'm just saying, I hope she made Justin take Frank back. Well, maybe that's how she broke up with him. Maybe. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Take this man back to his missing parrot chalkboard infested apartment. (laughs) You're a number seven to me. Ooh. (laughs) Be gone. Uh. So, yeah, that's it for me. Joy, what did you dislike about this episode? I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that this isn't what it seems at face value, but Leslie comes in to the parks department and says, hey, everybody, tomorrow we're all working the dance. Oh, yeah. Like, logistically, they would have had to have a lot of conversations about it before right. that, um, but it didn't feel like that. So, once again, it... It's just my own personal irritation at lack of communication. Yeah. And I think that that would be confirmed by the fact that there's a quick shot, a quick B-roll shot of them setting up Mm. for the senior dance and everyone looks stressed and no one looks like they were ready for this ahead of time. So I think you're probably correct. Well, I mean, you can still know about something ahead of time. And if you have crappy planning, it's going to be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. But it's Leslie who doesn't tend to plan anything crappy when she plans something ahead of time. Yes, that's the asterisk. So. Yes. Well, here we are. Here we are. Maybe she got so distracted with the dinner party <laughs> that she forgot. I don't know. Leslie doesn't forget either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, she's the one who stretches herself too thin and tries to do way too many things. I have so many issues. <laughs> um, okay, the next one is how could Mark not have towels or shampoo? <laughs> is that really a plausible thing? <laughs> this is another one of those things where for me, no. I've always had towels and like I've always had the ability to buy towels and shampoo Thank for myself. You. But sadly, I have known other guys who I can't speak as confidently for. That's as Even nice as I can possibly put it. Even guys that have a career? 
I don't know about have a career. Um, Because that's the the, thing about Mark is it's like he has a career. Yeah, he's pretty put together. He has a truck. Um, He doesn't look like Andy level of disheveled when Andy was living in the pit. Yeah, I would tend to think that's more of just, again, writers not knowing how to handle Mark and not being able to pick a lane with his character. Valid. You know, like, is he successful, you know, womanizer or is he sloppy, disheveled, you know, can't take care of himself? I feel like you can't have both. I wrote this dislike throughout the course of watching the episode. (laughs) And I started with... I'm excited for this. I like that you did it that way. I feel anxious about their romantically inspired road trip. This is one of those things it's easy to get excited about the concept of, yet it never goes like what I envision. Even though I've seen this episode, I still feel anxious about it. (laughs) And then, then, like, all the happy dreaming about what it could be Mm. in the car. Like, it just can't be that good. Nope. It never turns out that way. And it's fine. I'm not hopeless. Um, (laughs) But I am a cynic. Mm -hmm. Like... What are the odds? And if yeah. you called him, wouldn't you have figured out that he's creepy when you called him? Sure. And it, it's even obvious because Leslie knows this. She said it to Justin. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't feel right about this. Yeah. But just because you took a road trip to get this man doesn't mean you have to go through with it. And then Justin is pushing Leslie to go through with it, even though she doesn't want to, which is so much like what everybody has been doing to Tom. Yep. (laughs) It's infuriating. It's obviously not going to work. What are you doing? Yeah. I don't like that Leslie didn't get the context of the word nooner. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that hard. I did love Ron just being like, explain it to her later. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Um, It drove me nuts how freaking dirty Justin's windshield is. Yeah, that was cray cray. I mean, even in winter, my windshield is not that dirty. Yeah, that's like a safety hazard. You can't even see out of that thing. Right, which... Which then is even like the logistics of having, quote unquote, winter in California where they were filming. I tried to figure out where Frank's house was, um, but all of my normal sites for finding that information didn't have any information. Hmm. So I want to believe that it's not real snow and that they had to figure out how to just like spray it onto the house. And it's like super awkward. But I hate that Justin just talks everything up and he just keeps Mm -hmm. pushing Leslie and he's not considering Leslie. And I'm just done with Justin. And that leads me to my last dislike. I just can't handle Tom's inability to let go of Wendy, of Justin, and then Justin sounding so paternal. Like, he did that from his first episode on. Yep. Just like, it's okay, buddy. Let's go get you a pocket square. Like, no. (laughs) Leave me alone. Yeah. You don't know what's best for me, Huff Brows. Hoffrau's eater of cockatoos. Get out. Get off our show. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Take Poopa and get get out. And your dirty beamer. Now it's time for the coronation of the beautiful rule-breaking moth. The the segment in which we choose one specific thing that was the breakout star of the episode. So Joy, who or what was your beautiful rule-breaking moth? Um, so we did this separate, right? So I, as I was going through it today, I thought about who brought me the warmest feelings Mm -hmm. and it was Ron. Yeah. And I, then I scrolled down to this part in our notes and I saw that you had Ron too. I just gave yours away. Um, (laughs) and then I was like, you know, I could find something different. And then I was like, no. Stay true to your gut. Yeah, no, Leslie that's didn't stay, totally... stay true to hers. I'm going to stay true to mine. Yep, that's totally fair. That's allowed. Ron was very caring in this episode, and I appreciate yes. about, that about him. Yes. Wait, who's yours, Joe? Oh, my goodness. You'll never guess. <laughs> what? <laughs> Poopa. <laughs> Gosh dang it. I did it again. I, I opened right up for it. Uh. Well, I mean, I, it's fine. 
It's fine. Uh, again, if anyone has a grandpa, they actually <laughs> call Poopa. They're so mad at us right now. We're going to get another one-star review on iTunes. I just know it. With no actual <laughs> backing up evidence. Yeah, right. <laughs> My beautiful rule-breaking moth is also Ron. Poopa! <laughs> Poopa Ron. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ron's conversation with Leslie at the end. I love his wisdom and his insight and the way that he cares. And his summary of Justin is just perfection. It I really mean, is. It's poetic. Yeah, just nails him to the wall. Uh, Ron wins everything in my book this episode. All right. Time for Shaming of the Jerry, <sighs> part of the show where we shame one particular thing for bringing the episode down or being unnecessarily annoying. Justin. Y- Justin. Whoa! Oh no! <laughs> Whoa! I don't like Justin. <laughs> oh but I no! Did, oh, I did it. No, no, uh, <laughs> no. What did Anna call you, Josh? Uh, yeah, Josh. <laughs> Shoot! Justin oh. is taking up so much room in my subconscious right now. Get I out know. of my head! It's just another sign. It's his time to go. Joe, who is your Jerry? <laughs> so, I want to give it to Justin Hookbrow's Ear of Cockatoos so bad. <laughs> I, I just want to give it to him so bad as like a final parting shot. Like, yeah, get out of here. And I put in the show notes, I might still because I'm not through the episode yet when I was writing it. I did get through the episode. It was really tough. But ultimately, he does. He gets an honorable mention in my Jerry, but he's not my Jerry. Yep. My Jerry goes to the scene in which Tom tries to woo Wendy and gets shot down. That scene mm. is so awkward. I skipped through it. Really? Uh, because, yeah, I didn't need to watch it. I mean, I've watched the series probably seven or eight times all the way through. I know what happens. I don't need to watch it again. Uh, so I skipped through most of it because it's just so awkward. I've said before I feel bad for, for dunking on Wendy in the Jerry's. Yeah. Um, but I don't even feel bad anymore. She just needs to go. All right. Like, it's not her fault, but... The storyline with Wendy is just going to get worse. Mm-hmm. It, it's She's not going to contribute anything else positive to the show. Uh, it's just going to hold characters we like back. And she's not leaving for a while yet. Like, she's not one of the characters that we don't like disappearing in this episode. So who or what is your Jerry? Ben and Derek. I'm just literally so done with them. Mm. And side note, Tom's obsessions. They just kind of drive me nuts. That's all. <laughs> That's all. That's all there is. All right. Well, now it is time for the awarding of the Lil Poopaws. Oh! <laughs> we're expecting that one, were you? <laughs> I was like, why are you looking at me? That's weird. What are you about to do? I should have concentrated on having a better poker face. Remember, that made it better. I see everything. Yes, yes, I remember. Uh, so it is time for the awarding of the Lil Sebastians, the yes. ceremony in which we rate each episode against the entire catalog of Parks and Recreation episodes by awarding it between one and five Lil Sebastians. That's right. One obviously being the lowest and five representing perfection, the most magical episodes of all time. So, Joy, how many Lil Sebastians would you award Galentine's Day. So I mentioned a while back, I can usually figure out what my little Sebastian's going to be based on how I feel before I watch the episode. And mm-hmm. I've been waiting for Galentine's Day so long. I yes, love the have. concept of Galentine's yes, Day. Have. Although I'm kind of fed up with some of the characters. I just, I love this episode. So I'm, I'm stepping out on a limb here and I'm giving it a four. I love it. And I, I'm, Mostly confident with my decision. Because, <laughs> you know, I doubt everything. What What are you going to rate it? I'm rating this episode a two. Whoa, we are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I wavered between a three and a two. But lately what I've been doing with some of these episodes that have been a little bit harder to sit through again and have definitely been more fun to prep to podcast than to watch is I, I sort of just I add up on one side all the elements of an episode I enjoyed and on the other side all the elements that I didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of see how the scale balances out. And there's just so much 
in this episode that I don't like. There's Valid. too much Justin. There's Derek and Ben. Not only Derek and Ben, but I feel like Derek and Ben at their meanest. Yes, at their uh, worst. Yeah, which I just didn't like at all. There's Wendy. Again, we have a plot, you know, that kind of revolves around her. So, yeah, that's the reason it gets a two for me. I'm actually, I'm really glad that we had this much of a discrepancy between our ratings because we typically land in about the same place. We do. Uh, so I'm excited to see which listeners, you know, respond to it more the way you did or which listeners respond the, the way that I did. I'm, I'm interested to see where people fall on the spectrum of this episode. Totally valid. All right. It is time for our favorite chaotic train wreck episode <laughs> intro segment thing. of all time where i was thinking about how i was gonna do it i didn't know i was gonna do it i'm panicking now in the world, in the world is, is just You have actually helped me in so many ways because from the beginning of this process, like you just sent me the show note format and I was like, okay, I guess I'm just supposed to fill this in. This is fine. And I was like, do you want to talk about what we're going to talk about? And you're like, no, like, I don't want to over plan. I just want to see how it goes. And I am a (laughs) chronic over planner. I, I have loosened up while I've been under your tutelage. (laughs) And I can sing this intro weekly. I, I do love how much you like doing the intro and doing it terrible now because that used to be so hard for you to do it bad. And now it's like your favorite thing. I just come to accept it. It's fine. And also, I feel like being under the tutelage of an Enneagram 7 is basically like being accepted into a pack of raccoons like it's one of their own. <laughs> we hunt these intro songs for sport. Bula bula bula. Bula bula bula. <laughs> All right, where do you think he is? So, I think he snatched Tom's bottle of expensive champagne oh, after snap. Tom failed to win over Wendy with it. Snap. That feels like a very John Ralphio. Oh, you were well, I didn't think you were going to need it, so I just grabbed it. Wow. That's kind of rude, yeah. but he is rude, so. Yeah, for sure. Rude. So where do you think he is? Um, I panicked again, um, as is my usual with trying to think of something witty for where he is. Um, and, I, you know, I just really enjoyed all of my research on Bridgeport. So I think he somehow <laughs> got stuck in Bridgeport. He thought it was the Chicago neighborhood, but it definitely isn't. Sure. And now he's stuck with 0.025 <laughs> square miles of water. <laughs> I like that a lot. Like, like either he's stuck in your Bridgeport or my Bridgeport, or maybe Bridgeport, Anywhere. Connecticut. May- oh yeah, yeah, the dark horse, Bridgeport, Connecticut. <laughs> the dark horse. <laughs> what accent Don't was lie. that? And now it is time for Johnny Karate's Karate Moves to Success, an inspirational segment in which we apply the Karate Moves to Success in our own lives. Okay, uh, what do I want a karate chop? You know what? I actually want to karate chop the video that taught me how to make this crocheted flower because ooh, I yelled at it so ooh, many times. I love this karate chop. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the lady was like, and let's go ahead and uh, make a chain. And so uh, you'll see I made a chain of 100. My chain has oh. 100. And I'm like, why did you need to state that twice? <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Trying to flex in her crocheting video. Oh my gosh. And her her camera was out of focus half the time. When like, what is the thing you're trying to see? Oh, the detail in that stitch. But I can't see it because your camera is out of focus. (laughs) I only have mild layers of energy around that. Uh, This feels appropriate. I would like to karate chop hail. Oh, did it get your new car? 
It did a little bit. Oh. Um, yeah, I was actually sitting in the basement the other night editing uh, this last last week's episode, and I heard. Boo. You can hear it when it's bad. And, like, I hadn't seen anything on the weather earlier that day, so my car was outside the garage in the driveway. And then I start hearing, like, that bing, bang, bing, 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 bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. And it was big hailstones. Oh, uh, gosh. They were, like, golf ball size. And I dash outside, run out in the hail, get in my car, pull it in the garage. It's not too bad. Like, no cracked glass or anything. It does have, like, two to three fairly significant dings that all in all i got sucks. off very easy but the the larger reason for the karate chop is a lot of people a lot of my friends are farmers and a lot of them have basically lost everything because of that hailstorm. that's and horrible it's just, yeah it's so horrible when that happens it's just so you know it, it feels almost like old world you know man and nature yeah. mythic kind of stuff that you know all this work and care and planning and you think with all the technology and things we have at our disposal it's 2020 but at the same time a three minute storm can yeah. just destroy someone's entire livelihood essentially who are you going to be nice to, Joe? This week, I would like to be nice to friend of the show, Andy. Andy! Uh, so last week in my karate chop, or I guess, no, two weeks ago in my karate chop. At some no. point in the past, you karate chopped. At, yeah, at some point in the past, I karate chopped my failing external hard drive. Oh, yeah, uh, For did. trying to wreck my entire week. The entire um, world. How dare it? It was very stupid. But... Andy, who runs a computer store and uh, and does repair and service on computers and electronics, was working with me that entire time, staying up until well past midnight to try and help me recover my files and get things off. And uh, that was just a really cool thing uh, to have him there helping me. And uh, friends like that deserve to be recognized. So friend of show, Andy, who still needs a cool nickname. Uh, I just wrote it in the notes as the techno hero. Ooh, okay. We'll see how he likes that. We'll see how he likes that. I I just like that we've been naming the people that contribute a lot. Uh, Oh, yeah. Me too. Absolutely. We're going to have to start an actual list soon. Okay, so one of the podcasts I've been listening to for a very, very, very long time um, is The Moth. And it's an NPR podcast, and it's people just standing on stage sharing their stories. And it can be... Oh, it could be anything from like tragedy to hilarity to stories of goodness and everything in between. Um, The Moth producing staff does such a good job of helping people craft stories. So from line one, you are hooked and you are drawn into this story. And they're short stories. Um, I've actually been to a Moth uh, Grand Slam where they uh, they have story slams where you can buy a ticket to just attend or you can buy a ticket to potentially participate and they pull people's names out of hats and you just go up and share your story. Wow. Um, So I got to go to a grand slam, which was a bunch of winners from different story slams. Um, And they all stood on stage and like told their stories and it's amazing. It made me so happy. That sounds amazing. So the amount of times I'm like cooking and listening to a moth podcast and I laugh out loud or like slightly guffaw, like it's, it's very, it's very many times. Yes. I love it. (laughs) So anyway, pro tip, check out The Moth. Love it. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us today. I hope you have had as much fun listening to this episode as we have had making it, because that's a lot of fun. (laughs) I also hope that you don't hate us and unfollow us and leave us bad reviews for saying the word poopah so much. Poopah? Where'd you go? When we did the poopah list, we really said the the word poopah. We used the word poopah a lot. It, it was at Are you one just point trying to just say like it more? <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, you're on to me. You know, dad, happy pop, poppy, papa, poopa. Oh, yep. <laughs> so if you would like more Parks and Rewatch in your life, you can follow us on Instagram at Rewatch Parks. You can join our official Parks and Rewatch fan club Facebook group. You can head over to our Patreon Uh, choose one of our three support tiers and discover all the goodness we've got for you over there like all of our written show notes complete with hyperlinks 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 yes 
and the potential to get the video and audio or the video versions of all of our podcasts, the uncut video and audio versions of our podcast, which is going to have some good content in there for you patrons in today's episode. Show enough. Sure. Or if you are an email type of person, you can shoot us an email at rewatchparks at gmail.com. And if you are enjoying Parks and Rewatch, not much would mean more to us than for you to head over to iTunes and give us a review. If it's creative enough, we might read it on the air. And don't forget, keep looking for the parrot. Yes, we must find <laughs> Poopa's parrot. And with that, bye. Poopa! <laughs> I had to. I had to. <laughs> Oh, I like you. <laughs> well done. Oh, it was too easy. It was low hanging fruit. You are such a champion.